Welcome to episode 13 of The Body Mechanic with Rob Arnold from Chrysalis Fitness Training. Um, this week, I said to Rob, what are we going to talk about? And he said to me, I want to talk about the fitness industry. What is it about the fitness industry that you want to talk about? I suppose I really want to talk about ethical fitness, the way the fitness industry manipulates the public or, or manipulates people for sales, the way that people within the industry work, not, not just like gyms and, and PTs, but the wider range of things like equipment and that kind of thing. And um, I, I suppose also people that are doing fitness, how they can uh, be ethical with, with what they're doing as well. So what we're talking about is the uh, the profit taking, the, the profit nature of the business and, and of the business of fitness, whether it's high price training shoes or gym memberships or any of these things. I think it all comes down to belief as well and different beliefs that different people have. So looking at, at price range, it depends on what the person believes they're delivering, if that makes sense. So if we look at gyms, for instance, a majority of gyms tend to put on classes. Now, the thing with the classes is, as someone that's run classes, it's very difficult to monitor everyone in a class and you'll get people of all different types of ability as well. Now, with the different types of ability, that brings different problems, depending on, on what you're, you're trying to take. Basically, they're looking at a catch-all system. Yeah. So you sign up for a class, not knowing whether it's the right class for you or not. And, and they don't question you. Yeah. So the, the thing, the way things are sold is this is good for you. Whereas that's not necessarily true. I think if you look at gyms, a lot of the uh, advertising for gyms comes down to we've got these these classes and there's a certain demographic that want to do classes and they want to do classes because they think classes are good for them. And they also think that if they're in pain after doing something, that's good for them. It, com it comes from uh, No Pain, No Gain, which I think that was coined in the 80s or 70s. I can't remember who it was now. A 1970s phrase, I always thought it was. Yeah, it could be. That's, it's, it's absolute rubbish. If you're getting pain, that's your body telling you that something is wrong. And th there's no reason why after doing a class or doing some exercise session that you should be in pain and not be able to walk down the stairs or walk for, f for four days after. If you're in that position then what you've done is wrong. So when you say no pain, no gain, so people come out of a gym and they're in pain and they can't walk for a number of days. What actually is the problem with that? What 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 have they done wrong? What's the gym done wrong? What have the person done wrong? I mean, so the reason they're in pain could be a different amount of factors. Exercise is a stressor. So we exercise to relieve stress, but fundamentally uh, the, the process of exercise puts stress on the body, which is why your heart rate rises you, and your blood vessels dilate so you can get more blood around the system. If you've got pain like several days after you've done one workout, then what you're doing is just, when you work out, depending on what it is, you, you're going to tear muscle. So you tear muscle fibres, you damage muscle fibres and they repair and that's how you get stronger. If you've gone to the limit where it's it's affected your your movement day to day, then it's going to take you longer to recover and it impacts your recovery. So the, the whole point of what you're trying to achieve from doing it is negated. So the, the pain is just your body telling you you shouldn't be doing what you're doing or you've done too much of what you've done. Yeah. What, what comes with that is if you carry on doing it, that's when you get injuries. There's a difference between an athlete, whether they're part-time or full-time, and 
a member of the public going to try and be healthy. If you're doing a session, you're being sick at the end of it. But as an athlete and, and part of a purpose um, coach session, because the, the sessions that you're doing for a football team, they'll be planned and they'll have certain outcomes that they want from that. Whereas if you're going to a gym and joining a class, there's no specific outcome for each individual in that class. It's just to go through the motions and do that class. So if we, if we look at kettlebells, for instance, I used to teach a, t- a kettlebell class. And the problem with kettlebells is if you do it wrong, you can injure yourself quite badly. But when you've got lots of people in a class, you can't get around everyone and correct their form. So there's always going to be someone that could potentially end up with with an injury, not necessarily during that session, but it, it could lead to something further on. Obviously, this is a, this is a problem with with commercial gyms, uh, and we're not talking about any particular gym group or anything else on this. We're just talking gen- generally. Is it the same problem with personal trainers as well, to a certain extent, or some personal trainers? Personal training, it, it should be individual. You will get trainers which will do what, what's called a cookie cutter approach, and they'll give the same workout to every client. So no, no matter what their goals are, they'll give them the same workout. They'll they'll do the their personal training diploma. And then they won't progress themselves. They won't learn anymore. And they, they stay stagnant there. If, if you're looking at like the, the lower end price range, I mean, that's not specific to every personal training, the lower end price range. But as a PT, when you're charging someone, you're not charging them just for the time that you're with them. So there's a lot of work you, ha- you should be doing in the background as well. If you're getting a cookie cutter approach, uh, whether you know it or not, then you've got to look at the ethics of, of the trainer as well. So if they're giving you the same as everyone else, I mean, the clues in the title, it's personal training. That's not very personal. And, and, and also, you've got to ask about their ethics there. So trying to get as many as many clients as you can, although it is good for business, and we're always after more clients, but that is going to impact on, on how you can um, deliver to, to your clients. One of the things that we've talked about on this podcast a number of times, and if you go back to the early episodes, we talked a lot about what Rob's method is with Chrysler's Fitness Training. And one of the things he does do is he gets to, you do a lot of paperwork and a lot of assessment before he decides how he's going to help you out, whether you, whether it's a, an injury issue, whether it's just fitness or you're training for a particular event or sport. And like you say, you you do an awful lot of research on your individual clients. You know, you put the personal into personal trainer, basically. I'm not going to say it's just me that does that. There's lots. There's lots of really good PTs out there. But you are the person in the room at the moment. I, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so you, you, that's how it works. So when you've you've got budget PTs, you've got budget gyms as well. So you have to look at what you're getting from that service because it is a service. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're businesses. They're running it as, yeah. as a business. And um, a lot of businesses, it's a stack it high, sell it cheap thing. And I think gyms are the same. It's about getting members, isn't it, really? It is. And like I said, same, we've got classes, we've got this equipment. It is purely about getting getting members because it's all about revenue. I think that the, the problem is where you've got members of the public and members of gyms who believe that the gyms want them to join because they want to help them. They don't. They want to make money. There's going to be small gyms, small independent gyms, and there's going to be certain big chain gyms with good managers that are about helping people. But if when you go to the top end of it, it's a business about making money. So if you're looking to go to a gym or get a personal trainer, what are the questions you should be asking yourself and the prospective gym or trainer? So you've got to look at 
the cost. But, but when you're looking at joining a gym, what is the offer to you? Also, why do you want to join a gym? If you're not sure why you want to join, then what the gym's offering, is that specifically going to be for you? Look at the space they've got, the amount of members they've got, and also have a look at the way they sell themselves as well. Is it about a lifestyle or is it about actual fitness? Yeah. I know a lot of people go to gyms, they join the classes because they like the social aspect of them, which that that's fine if that's why you want to do it. But if you want to go join a gym so you can use the equipment or go to a gym so you can join a class to get fit, then it depends on the, the type of class as well and how it's coached. I, I know lots of, quite a few gyms offer like a, a trial day or something like that. Have a look at that. But what actual direct questions, you know, say I was, um, I wanted to join the gym and I wanted it for general fitness, so for cardio, to get a healthier heart and, you know, maybe help my legs, which are my biggest issue, and, and lose a bit of weight. I know, I know not necessarily gyms are there for, not for losing weight, but say, what, so what questions then do I ask? What do I say to them? What can you do to help me achieve this? But how do I know that they give me the right answer and they're not just selling me a... Selling me a line. You go to several gyms and then and, and look at, if you've got a different answer from each gym, then do a little bit of research online. Right. Uh, on, online is difficult as well. But um, so if, if you're asking questions, it, it, like I say everyone's different. So it depends what you want to achieve. And I'm not saying don't join a gym. What I'm saying is be aware that it's not all, what they're offering isn't always the best for you. Yeah, I mean, this this is the problem, I, I think, is that do people know what is the best for them? Because often, I think often people don't know what's best for them. Um, and that's where, as you say, you've got to do some research. Is there a good place to go for research? You say the internet, but what specifically, you know, are there particular websites that would help you make those decisions or help you make a more informed decision? Yeah, so uh, there's... They're not a gym-based company, but they're a fitness company and they're called Precision Nutrition. They're based in Toronto in Canada, but they are global. And they have a lot of, I'd go on their website, they've got a lot of free content that you can access, which will, will answer questions about nutrition and also a little bit about training. The stuff I do, the, the, the movement neurology stuff, you've got um, AMN Academy, Applied Movement Neurology Academy. They've also got a lot of content that you can access for free as well. And then there's a, um, a company called exrx.net. And the reason I mention them is because I used to use it years ago for exercise ideas. And they, they, they had a, a bit of a revamp. All the content on there and is purely delivered by exercise professionals. And I mean professionals, people that, uh, have got like working exercise science they're, they're not trying to sell you anything they're just offering information I think that's the key really is to look for the people who are not trying to sell you something but are just giving you information because yeah. the only gain they have is just by reputation then the difficulty I have with, with all these things is that one person says one thing one person says another and someone else says something completely different and it's really hard to know who is telling you the truth for example you know I was told for years that you know uh, losing weight was all about just being much fitter and doing more exercise and it's not really is it 
no. it, it's about what you eat. It's got very little yeah. to do with the movement. And then you'll go to another thing that says, you know, you should go to Weight Watchers or you should go to Slimming World. And other people say, no, don't go anywhere near them. And other people say, eat nothing but carbohydrate or eat nothing but protein. There never seems to be a clear path to any of these things. So many people are either selling a product or they are just misinforming you because they've been misinformed in the past. And they're very evangelical about it. And I think that's one of the big difficult things. And, you know, we're talking about trainers and gyms and whatever, but of course they're in it to make money. That's what they're there to do. And I think it's really hard for the ordinary member of the general public to make those decisions and to find out what is best for them in the context of there's just too much information out there. Yeah, you yeah. cannot see the wood for the trees. And what I'm trying to see with this is how a normal member of the public like me who's got no prior knowledge would make the right decision. So there's a thing in, in the military, you come with questions, you have a solution, but then you answer every everyone with, so what? And so what is, so what happens after that? So what happens after that? So you can keep asking those questions yourself to whoever, whether it's a gym, trainer or online, whatever. So they can, they can give you an answer and you can come back. So what, well, why, why does that happen? Why do I need to do that? Get them to, get them to explain things. And if they start explaining things with the same, the same rhetoric, then start to have a think about it. But also if they're, if they're telling you to do something, you can research that online as well. Really, it's about not just walking blindly into this, having a little bit of knowledge of what you're actually trying to do. Yeah. I mean, when I say research online as well, you, you need to uh, be aware that some companies, especially uh, nutrition companies, they will have research evidence, but when you look into it, the researcher works for the company. And it, it can be like a small, small number of people that have taken part in the studies or whatever. So then also one thing to be aware of is if a company is telling you, do this, do this, do this, or take this, this supplement is going to be great for you. Have a look at the research around that, see who's doing the research and see who they work for. It's just such a difficult subject, I think, because all my life I've, I've wanted to be fitter, I've wanted to be slimmer, you know, all the other things. And I've tried a whole load of things. And I've sort of come to the conclusion from my own experience that basically you just eat less and move more and you will get slimmer and fitter. And it's that's the long and the short of it. So if we're looking at the fitness industry and you're talking about ethical fitness, it really, it's buyer beware, isn't it? it, it you've got to be very aware that they're there to sell you a membership or sell you a, a program. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a member of the fitness industry, whether I like it or not. But, but as we've pointed out, something you do, which is something many gym groups don't do or gyms don't do, is they will ask, you will ask a lot of questions yeah. when you first start working with someone so that you are aware of what their goals are, what their support is, what their limitations are. So when, when you pay for a gym membership or you pay for a personal trainer or you buy a product, you're investing in something. So I think you asked about what questions should I ask is, what are they investing in you? Or how are they investing in you? Getting lots of information about you. So the kind of information I get or you might get from an, another company, the more they want to invest in you and your time, or they want to invest their time in you, then they're probably a better bet, if that makes sense. So when someone comes to you, I mean, we have talked about this on the podcast before, but when someone comes to you 
what sort of questions are you asking them? Am I right with the description that I gave earlier on? The first thing I, I, I do is sit down and have a chat with them. So I, I go through a consultation. It, it depends on what they're after, whether they come to me for because they've got some kind of chronic pain or movement problem or whether they just want to train. And it, it, it's all geared towards what they want to achieve. And I'll, I'll sit down and have a chat and I ask a very specific set of questions. And the questions are designed to make them think about what it is they actually want, why they want to give me their money. And then through that, we come up with a set of, a set of goals or, and, and the goals might change, but it, it just gets them thinking about things. So what you're doing, it, it, you, you come up with these goals, but you then you create a bespoke program to yeah. reach those specific goals that they want to reach. Yeah, I, I, I suppose if, if we can put an analogy on it, it's kind of like writing a personal story for them. You've got the start of the story of them coming to see me, and then we start to build the pictures together. Let's put it into a comic strip because we're talking about pictures. And then we're laying different pictures in a strip across so we're getting a narrative because everyone that wants to do fitness wants to do it for a reason. And what you'll find is there's always an emotional link to, to why they want to do it. That There's always an emotion laid on top of what whatever they want to do. And if there's not, then I haven't asked the questions properly. But we do that. And then from that, then I get um, a very in-depth um, medical background. And, and the reason for that is, like, you, you join the gym, you do what's called the PARQ, and that's a pre-activity readiness questionnaire. So I'll give them one of those to do as well, because if they've got some reason that they might need to see a doctor before doing exercise, then I'd rather them go and see a doctor before doing exercise. And then the other medical questionnaire is like a full history because anything that they've done in the past could impact them now or in the future or on the training, or it might be something I can look at to help them with. So that they might have a certain issue that, or they might want to get stronger somewhere, but there might be something that's holding them back that they think isn't related, but it might be. And then from there, we, we create a program. Yes, yeah, so if, if it's uh, pain, ma pain management or move, movement issues, then they might not get a specific program. Not everybody needs a program. It might be exercises to do. So if, if you go to a physio, a physio might just give you a few exercises to do for, for an injury until you've got full movement again. So I can do a similar thing because not everybody needs to, to have that full training program. I've had a personal experience of that where I, I, had, um, I had an operation on my wrist and due to the operation, I ended up with a frozen shoulder. And because of that, I went to a physiotherapist and paid for it. And of course, I've since been told that that's not the way you deal with a frozen shoulder. You don't go to a physiotherapist, although I was advised to at the time. So really, they should have said to me, no, we can't do anything for you. If it's frozen shoulder, it will just work its way through in the end anyway. But I felt once I'd gone there and told them what the problem was, they should have said, no, we can't do anything for you. But they didn't. They carried on taking my money and sending me away with rubber bands and all kinds of things right. to try and say, you know, you need to exercise your shoulder in such a way. I did have things with the doctor where they injected my shoulder and, again, nothing happened. The, the, the difficulty with those situations is that I didn't know what the problem was and people were quite happy to try and find remedies for me but didn't tell me, what was happening, anything about that. So it's just, for me, it was a, certainly with the physiotherapist, it was unethical. Yeah. 
uh, because they were happy to take my money for a problem that they were that they if they knew what they were talking about knew they wouldn't be able to solve. Yeah, I think what I said before about the so what or, or why. If if you'd have known, then you could have just kept asking why, why, why. Yeah, but they could have just kept giving me answers, and because they're the physio and I'm the I'm the member of the general public, I probably would have gone, oh right, okay, fine. That's my personal feeling about it. Yeah. But um, and that's things I've had. I, I've had all kinds of like everybody has a, different experiences with private healthcare practitioners. Yeah, I, I mean, everywhere you're always going to get uh, in every industry. There's going to be some kind of snake oil salesman. Just it's just unfortunate that the fitness industry or the health industry the, there's quite a lot because there's so much that people don't know about it and, and can just believe and that's where it comes down to belief when we're looking at like the ethics of it the, the opioid pandemic in America there was lots of doctors that were handing out opioids lots of cotton they believed they were doing the right thing they weren't being unethical but the the, the unethical part was high up the chain in the people selling in in the big pharma companies. Well, again, well, you know, we, it all boils down in the end to these companies are looking to make money and they want to sell a product, whether it's a fitness product or whether it's a medicine product or anything else. That's what it's all about. It's about, about selling in the end. I, I still get emails from physiotherapists that I've had dealings with in the past and I, and I live hundreds of miles away from them now saying, oh, we're still here, you know, anything else, I've got a problem. And, and I, I, you know, it sort of puts me off anything like that in the future. And this is what we're talking about, isn't it? It's, it's the ethics of the yeah, whole thing. I, th- I think, and whether it's a gym or a trainer or a or a physio or anything like that, are they doing the best for you, or are they doing the best for them and their bank balance? Yeah, exactly. I think what you, what you got to think about is um, if, if you're the person looking to get something, why do I need it? And then if you do need it, what are the other options? I think we need a takeaway from this because I think a lot of people will be sitting there going, oh, I don't know what to do now. You know, do I go on the internet or whatever? So looking at it from an ethical fitness point of view, if someone is looking to get fitter or train for a certain thing or or, or need some physiotherapy, what is, their ta- what is their takeaway? What would you say they need to do before they take the next step? Do, do a little bit of research. What, what I do with clients and what most personal trainers do with clients is what's called smart goals and people might might have heard of it before so it's got to be specific something that's measurable achievable realistic and time framed what i'd add on to that as well is why why is that your goal as i said before everything comes down to emotion so you're looking at not just the goal it's the outcome so yeah your goal is to run a marathon that's easy to do as a smart goal so it's specific. You're going to run 26.2 miles. It's measurable because you can work up to it. Is it achievable? Well, lots of people have done it in the past. Is it realistic? Again, if you if you've got like one wooden leg and a false knee, probably not. But it, it could be. Depends on what you want to do. What time you want to do it in. That comes down to the specificity and the time frame. So oh, it's, it's in April. So you know whether you've got enough time to train for it. But then why? What is that going to do for you? So just doing a marathon is fine, but what? why do you want to do a marathon? It's going to make me feel good. It's a sense of achievement. My kids will love me. So that's the emotional attachment to, the, yeah, to, yeah. to it. It'll, it'll, make, it'll make my parents proud and make them happy. So it, it's looking at why you want to do it. And then as soon as you, you've got your goal, what's the best way of you finding to achieve it? And if it is personal training, Speak to several personal trainers. Look for people that are specific to what you want to do. What I'm getting from this conversation with you is that 
make sure that the person who you are wanting to train you or the organisation ask you a lot of questions. They need to know what you want out of it. Yeah. And if it's just a case of, yes, the membership's great and these are the machines and these are the classes, uh, you know, crack on. That's not really where you want to be. Yeah. I'll say, also say, understand your expectations. If you're going to um, a gym and you just want to do classes because you like doing classes for fun, if you're, if, then fine. But if, if your expectation is that the classes are going to make you fit, I mean, you might get a little bit fitter, but it, it's not it's not going to be a healthy way of getting fit. It's not going to be a good way of getting fit. There's much better ways. So it's, it's do your research is the long yeah. and short of it. That's that's the main thing. Do your research, talk to a lot of different organisations and people, and then you can make your decision as a far much more informed person. Well, as I'm sure you know, if you listen to the podcast regularly, Rob is a fitness trainer. Chrysalis Fitness Training is the company that he runs. How can people get in contact with you? Uh, so text WhatsApp at 07824 880311. And what's the website? It is www.chrysalis-fitness.com. <laughs> and the, I know you're going to ask the email is uh, rob at fitnesscom And chrysalis is spelt the same way as it is in the uh, little picture. Absolutely, yeah, which is, which is on, on, the, on the podcast. If you can't see the picture, C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S. Always a spelling lesson when you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Rob, as I said, is perfectly happy to ask, answer your questions. He's one of the people who you should probably speak to if you're going to do some training. Uh, and he's quite happy to speak to people with no obligation and point you in the right direction. Thank you very much, Rob. I think we've learned a little bit more about ethical training and, and yeah. ethical fitness from this particular podcast. Uh, yeah, people can also find me on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm not one of these people that... I'm not just there to try and get followers because that's not the point. But if if you follow me, then at least I can help you if you've got questions. Excellent. Okay, then. We will be back next month with another um, Body Mechanic podcast with, with Rob Arnold from Chrysalis Fitness Training. Until then, look after yourself and uh, ask all the questions and make sure someone's asking you the questions. Thanks very much, Rob. Cheers. This is a 1386 audio production.